This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Episode 100 of the Subway to Shea podcast, the landmark 100th episode from the Subway to Shea studios in my office. Great to be joining with all of you here. I got to start off thanking Turk Wendell for joining me for episode 99. Also, a huge thanks to Matt Williams for the help with launching the YouTube page we did a little bit of a fantasy baseball preview, so if you still got some drafts going on, still thinking about which Mets to choose, then check out that video on my YouTube page and make sure to subscribe. But now, for the 100th episode, got a little bit of a 2023 Mets season preview, and to do that with me, I bring on Dexter Henry. Dexter Henry, sports anchor for the New York Post Sports, as well as SNY update anchor for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio, and the host of the NBA Exchange and Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter, I hope I did you well there, man. No, you did. You did great. That was a great intro there. I appreciate you, man. It's an honor to be on your 100th show, so thank you for that. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I think it's dope you got Turk Wendell on for episode 99. That's pretty cool. I know. I, I, I kind of like planted that made that work out perfectly so it was great and he was a great conversation to go along with him uh he, he did a little bit of a spring preview of what to look forward to when it comes to the Mets right now but one day away opening day is upon us we are here it's finally here we got to get into this little bit of a season preview with the New York Mets and let's get right into you know the 26 man opening day roster it's not set in stone just yet but we kind of yeah. have a feeling we kind of know where we're going here. And, uh, you know, going out with the position players, obviously we have, you know, Tomas Nito, Omar Navarez starting out with the catching core right there. Francisco Alvarez sent to AAA. He didn't get much playing time during the spring. Have a feeling it had a lot to do with the surgery he had on his ankle. Gives him time to heal up. And most of the attention was kind of based on, uh, Ronnie Mauricio, uh, Brett Beatty, who had a great spring. Uh, even Mark Vientos had a pretty good spring. You know, you got first base, yeah. obviously, Pete Alonzo, who uh, we don't know who will be backing him up yet. Jeff McNeil off of his, you know, award-winning season, winning the batting title at second base. He also could play some outfield. Eduardo Escobar at third base. I, I got to get your thoughts on Brett Beatty, you know, he batted 325 in the spring, improved on his defense. Were you surprised that he did not come up with the club for opening day? Yes and no. Um, I thought that the Mets would probably play this in the fact of let's see what Escobar could do a third at first to start the season. I think the Mets are probably playing this. And some fans might not like this, I think a little bit conservatively, but it's about let's see what Escobar can do, especially early. Now, I do, I want to say this though. I do believe that Escobar needs to get off to a good start 
because if he doesn't, uh, I think, especially how we started off last season. Now, granted, he was hot in September. He was fantastic in September for the Mets. But I think he does need to do that. And I think then they'd want to bring Beatty along. I think a lot of this with the Mets, and you know, a lot of teams do this, is probably about getting that extra year of control, right? So this is why they, they don't want to do this. However, I do understand where some Mets fans are coming from, where they would like to see you know, the Mets bring up guys who were hitting well, like you saw Bay do in spring training and invest in them a little bit earlier and see what they can do and just go. I do think this team needs some youth and affection of youth in it, particularly at certain positions. Um, but I think that'll come, right? I think if some of the players that are the veterans like Escobar struggles or you see Vogelback struggle at DH, uh, particularly against obviously lefties, uh, which you won't see him against a lot. I think that's a spot for Vientos to come up. So I think those players can come up. I think Beatty and Vientos are the most likely to come up and help this team. So I wasn't surprised, Anthony, necessarily, that they didn't bring Beatty up with the big team. But I, I don't think Mets fans should be discouraged. And I think the clock is ticking on Escobar if he does not hit. And you could see Beatty up. Now, how soon? That's the question. Um, do you, how long do you give Escobar? Are we talking about till Memorial Day? Or, or do I think at least that. I don't think the Mets will have a short leash in that. I don't have any information like that, just to be clear. But I just think that's probably how they'll play it. And uh, yeah, but I, th- I think there's a shot for Beatty. And look, they, they want Beatty to get reps, def- more reps defensively in AAA. Um, there's also been some talk that the Mets don't really like seeing their prospects take the jump from double A to the majors. I mean, the last time I think Mets fans saw that was with Conforto. So I, I think they're probably playing a little bit cautious, but I think it's a little bit more about the extra year of control that they can get. But, I, you know, listen, if, if Escobar falters, I think it's time to bring Beatty up. I will say that. Yeah, and the Mets are in a little different situation, as we saw with the New York Yankees bringing up Anthony Volpe. Uh it's different when their shortstop was Isaiah Kanafalefa, who's yeah. not as good as what Escobar brought to the team. I know he struggled most of the season, and then he had that big September, kind of carried the offense for, for all of September. I, I can't see Escobar being that bad again. It's obviously it's possible, and then the Mets will probably go with the option of bringing a Beatty. But it, it's hard for me to see, you know, him being that bad. And, and if anything. You know, bringing up Beatty may be able to now push Escobar to some sort of a DH position to go along with uh, Daniel Vogelback for how however long they go with him. One person they decided not to go along with is uh, Darren Ruff. Darren Ruff got the the out. He got DFA'd in exchange for Tim LaCastro, who made the roster and quite possibly you know good for him because he had a really good spring. Uh, he's versatile. He can steal bases. He could play the outfield. Something that Darren Ruff really can't do outside of the struggles he had hitting. He really can only play first base. You know, you put him in the outfield, you don't know what you're going to get. But at least Tim LaCastro brings you the speed. You know, he brings you defense. And and he does have a little bit better bat than what, a you know, Travis Jankowski and uh, Terrence Gore, what they brought to the team last year. Yeah, I, I actually, look, this is a move I think Mets fans have had some. Um, the rough trade was a disaster. We can call it what it is. I don't think too many Mets fans I spoke to liked that at that time. Um, he just simply didn't hit. He wasn't hitting in spring training. He looked like a borderline major league player. Lucastro, as you noted, Anthony, gives you the speed. Um, in a year where many people expect with some of the rule changes, the pitch clock, et cetera, there to be more activity on the bases, something I am a fan of, and I'm hoping that we see back in the game. 
Um, so I think adding that guy like that to the the roster, the 26-man roster, I think there's value in that. And I also definitely think LaCastro deserved it over Ruff. I think there's no uh, doubt about that. You mentioned an interesting point before that I, that I've heard some other people think, think about. You said if Escobar falters or isn't play well at third, you could see him at DH. And I do think there's some optionality to that point you make, um, as we talked about before with, with Beatty. But yeah, get, getting off of Ruff, which we can, like I said, we can just call it what it is. It was a mistake by the Mets in terms of that trade. He has not produced and I think trying to put the best roster out there that gives you the most flexibility is what the Mets tried to do before they could even bring up some of their young talent. So I, I like that move. Um, I don't think there are any Mets fans out there shedding tears for Darren Ruff being gone now. I don't think that's happening. But uh, I do think that was the right move for the 26-man roster by the Mets there. Well, you know, I wish him the best in his future. It just didn't work out here. It, it, it didn't, work, it didn't out. work out for some reason. Yeah. He couldn't get used to it. You even saw during spring training when they were – you know, in a press conference about uh, what's up with his wrist. He just didn't feel comfortable. He didn't look comfortable, you know, talking in front of the media and especially in front of New York media. He mentioned how hard it was moving and transitioning, you know, out from the West coast to here. So, you know, I wish him nothing but the best, but, you know, moving forward, you know, a lot of Met fans got frustrated when they sent, you know, all the prospects down and they kept Darren rough. But I think, what we got to realize is that this is a differently run organization. I knew that, you know, I thought Darren Ruff was going to make the team, but I knew that his leash, his leash was extremely short. I mean, we saw with Robinson Cano, once they, the Mets got rid of Robinson Cano and it's all that money that he had. I knew that Darren Ruff's leash was even shorter than that. So if he didn't come out and play, he would have been out within, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so. And I think you make a great point about how the team is differently run. And, you know, it's the deep pockets of Steve Cohen and their willingness to say, all right, if there's a mistake, we're going to move on from it. Right. And especially if it's, you know, within within the terms of Cano, if it's really hurting the team. Right. And I, I think there's something that Mets fans should be optimistic about, where even if it's that you may not maybe you wanted some of the young guys to be up already, but I think this team has shown you, especially with the new ownership, that they're willing to make changes when they are need to be made. Um, and you, you bring up a good point. You know, Cano, you saw that. You should have known that the, the days were short for Darren Ruff. I was a little concerned when I saw that. I said, are they really going to keep him on the roster? Um, I think we're sometimes conditioned. Uh, I mean, this is sports fans in general, right? Like we see a lot of teams, they'll make mistakes. A trade didn't work out, an acquisition didn't work out, signing, whatever. And instead of cutting ties – and letting go of that sunk cost, they'll hang on to it a lot, a lot of times. And I think a lot of fans of, across a variety of sports, particularly in baseball, have seen this. So I think this is where some of that PTSD comes in for fans. And um, it's, I, I think, you know, you have to applaud the Mets and organization when they do this. And, and they say, no matter how big the pill is to swallow, no matter how much big the salary is, we're willing to move on from this if this doesn't work. So with that being said, I think it should give Mets fans some hope that if, as we talked about before, if we see some other position players, whether or, you know, or everyday players in terms of whether it's Vogelback or if it's uh, Escobar falters early in the year, then the Mets will make changes. I think they'll give those guys enough of a leash, as I said, to prove as veterans that they can do what you expect them to do. But if they don't, um, I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they make if they make changes at all. Because this is an organization and team right now that's trying to win 
the ownership has talked about trying to win and going for it. And, you know, that's something Mets fans haven't been able to say for a long time. Yeah, it's nice to see them make decisions based on baseball decisions and not just solely on money, which a lot of that yeah. felt like during the Wilpon days. You know, Steve Cohen, I think Epler mentioned it, that Cohen told him, you got to make the baseball decision. I don't care how it is, just make the baseball decision. And they did. So I'm, I'm happy that they, they're going along that route. You look at the rest of the position players in the outfield, Mark Canna, Brandon Nimmo, we got the big contract, Starling Marte. You had, uh, we mentioned Tim LaCastro. Tommy Pham will also be in the outfield. A lot of depth to this team. Daniel Vogelback at DH. And I'm now with, uh, uh, with Darren Ruff being out, we assume that maybe Tommy Pham will now take on that role of yeah. uh, the right-handed DH. If everyone is healthy, who do you think is the key to this lineup? I think... If everybody's healthy, I think the big key for this lineup, and this this may shock some people because I think people may expect me to say Lindor or say Alonzo, but I'm actually going to go with Starling Marte. Um, I thought he was the MVP of the team for most of the year in terms of everyday players last year. I thought he was absolutely fantastic when he was healthy. Uh, disappointing when he was not healthy at the end of the season. And I think if he's healthy, I know he's, still, he's getting up there in age and he's right at the end of his prime. But I still think he's a heady player, still can play solid defense, is a good hitter, can be reasonably aggressive on the base pad still. I think Marte's key because I think he provides a, a professional hitter, a lot of balance to the lineup um, that you can. I'd probably put him number one. I also think Jeff McNeil number two. He's, he had a career year last year, fantastic year. Glad to see him get his money. But I really will say Marte because I think Marte is that – that third hitter that if he's going can put a little bit of fear into opposing pitchers. I will say I'm Anthony, I'm a little bit worried about the Mets offense. You know, I, I look at this lineup and maybe it's, I think the unknown is Escobar and that's the reason why. And you feel like they may need one more bat um, that you feel like you really can trust. I, I don't worry about Lindor. I don't worry about Alonzo. We kind of know what those players are and what they can do. I actually don't worry about McNeil either uh, or Marte. Like I said, if they're healthy, I don't worry about those guys. But it's just, where's that other hitter? And and is it is it Canna, you know, who was solid for stretches last year? Is it Escobar? But I really, I think if Marte's clicking and healthy, he does the most for the lineup to me out of anybody in terms of being a professional hitter, in terms of the defense, in terms of his ability to drive and runs. Um, I think if he's healthy, and I'd love to see him healthy, for the Mets, I think he's kind of the most important person in that lineup. I 100% agree with you. That's why I've said if they're all healthy, who is that? <laughs> it's, it's definitely got to be Starling Marte. I mean, there's no question about it. We saw every time that he was injured, the Mets offense seemed to have gone into a slump. And then in yep. September, they kind of free-falled. And it was all because Starling Marte wasn't in that lineup. He provides power. He provides average. He gets on base. He could steal the occasional base when his legs are 100%. So he's kind of that, you know, I, I felt like he was kind of that five-tool all-around guy that if, if you know, you got 162 games out of him, that he would kind of provide you somewhat with what kind of Carlos Beltran meant to this team mm. uh, offensively and, and defensively on the base pass. So, yeah, I 100% agree that, you know, Starling Marte is definitely the, you know, the, I guess the glue 
to this uh, lineup. But they, like you said, they are going to need to get offense because seven through nine kind of was Death Valley for most of last season until Eduardo Escobar started hitting. So they're going to have to, you know, turn this around offensively and and be consistent like they were for the latter half. Well, for the beginning half of the the season, we look at the pitching staff. We yep. have uh, the starting pitching: Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Kodai Senga. We have Carlos Carrasco, and now David Peterson, who won the final spot over uh, Tyler McGill with the injured Jose Quintana out until at least I think it is uh, July after um, he had his uh, bone graft surgery. So yep. what are you thinking of this rotation? Where do you uh, rank this rotation amongst all of Major League Baseball? Because I actually think that they're a little bit better with David Peterson over Jose Quintana just because of what I've seen from Peterson. I think he's a good starting pitcher. I think now is his time to now stay in the rotation. Well, I will agree with that, right? Like, it is his time. I love the Jose Quintana signing. I actually like the sign. I like what the Mets did behind uh, their top two guys, particularly because how I feel about the rotation is I do have some concerns in the fact of the age of their top two guys, right, and their ability to stay healthy. Um, You know, and I don't know how that cannot be a concern. It's something I've, I've talked about with a lot of people. I mean, some people are more confident in it than me. We saw Scherzer. Uh, towards the end of the year, last couple of years, to be honest, uh, how his health has been. Obviously, Verlander had an amazing year winning the Cy Young in the AL last year, bouncing back from Tommy John surgery. But you can't tell me age is not a factor. Look, when you're banking on two older starting pitchers at the top of the rotation, you have to. it has to be a factor. I think you're knocking on wood if you're a Mets fan and hoping that they stay healthy. But I do think the behind them, right, like I do think um, – Senga, I, I think Senga is going to, I don't know why, but I, you know, and I understand there's going to be the adjustment to the majors and all that other stuff, but for everything you hear about his, you know, the, the splitter and how unhittable it is. And I think he's going to, at least the first time I do the NL, I think he can really cause some damage. I think he's going to have a good year. That was a signing I liked for the Mets. Um, I do agree with you about David Peterson to get back to that. I do think it is his time. This is a great opportunity for him over the next three to four months to show what he can do. Now, he pitched well in spring training. He beat out Tyler McGill for that spot. Uh, We'll see what he can do. He's got to put it all together. We saw two seasons ago flashes of what he can do. Um, I do think he's a a solid pitcher um, there, too. And so, you know, I think it's just about can they stay healthy? Where does this stack up against other teams? I think it's good if the top two guys are healthy. If they're on their game and those top two guys are healthy, and if you think Senga could be what I think a lot of the Mets brass thought that he could be, um, which is a solid number three with potential for at least number two stuff in the rotation, if Senga's looking like a quality number two while pitching as a third pitcher most of the season and the top two are healthy, then the Mets are going to be in great shape. Um, because I think there's going to be a lot of games where it's going to be tough to score runs on, and it's going to be great shape. I think the starting pitching is is probably going to be fine, but but Anthony, that all has to do with health, and I I am concerned about the top two. As I'll, I'll say before, one of my things was, do I think the Mets probably made the right move in not bringing back the Grom um, based on the money he wanted and his injury history? Yes. Did I have concerns about signing Verlander, who's 41, and it's just getting older, and you never know when the cliff is coming for a lot of athletes. Father time is undefeated, and it comes for us all. Yes, I have concerns about that too. 
Um, I think a great season, and I'll mention this again, I think for the Mets is if they get what they think they can out of Senga. I do think Senga is the key to that rotation this year. Um, if they get a great year out of him and he even exceeds their expectations and looks like a number two, solid number two, dare I even say number one stuff kind of pitcher, then the Mets will have hit a home run with that and that'll bode well for their rotation. But, you know, he's got to prove it. We got to see what he can do against major league competition. Yeah, if Senga can give you anything where what Chris Bassett provided last season, which was, you know, number three, could possibly be number two type stuff. I mean, with both DeGrom and Scherzer down, uh, he pretty much held down the fort along with Carrasco and the rest of the crew. So if he could do that, uh, that that would make everything a whole lot better for the Mets. And, and they do have some depth in the minor leagues. Tyler McGill, Eliza Hernandez, those guys would yep. be clo- be the end of the rotation. Joey Lucchese's coming back from his Tommy John surgery. Uh, they also just signed Dylan Bundy. So uh, there are options in case injuries happen. And we saw last year when Scherzer went down when DeGrom went down or DeGrom being down most of the season that this team was still able to, you know, be carried and, and get wins. I mean, they won 101 games and most of that was out without DeGrom and a couple of months without Scherzer. So they definitely got the depth to do it. And um, you look at the bullpen now, obviously Edwin Diaz, the big issue of him getting hurt, having that uh, ruptured patella tendon surgery out six to eight months, probably out the entire season. Although, he seems to think that he may have a chance of coming back towards the end of the season. I don't know. I don't know too much about that injury, but uh, you know, if he comes back earlier, more power to him. But you know, you look at the rest of the bullpen, and it might be closer by committee. And this is what I'm seeing a lot of uh, mm-hmm. this year: a lot of closer by committee uh, team. You got, you know, David Robertson will probably get the lead on that with Adam Adovino, Brooks Raley, you know, Drew Smith, maybe even an option to close out some games. I think Steven Nagosik will be making this team. John Curtis, uh, Tommy Hunter, who was told he's made the team, and uh, Dennis Santana, who the Mets kind of picked up blade. What do you think of this bullpen? I think of this bullpen is is I trust Robertson. Adovino was shaky at times early in the season, but not bad down the stretch. I think that they're it's they're, the bullpen is the, one of the biggest keys for me to watch with this team. Right? What is the bridge to get the ball to Adovino? and also get it to Robertson, right? Like, wh- how is that going to look? That's where a lot of the question marks are in the bullpen. How are they bridging it to get there? I think if it's shaky, and I even think if it's not shaky, I still just think because for depth purposes, watch them, look out for the Mets to try to make a move to add a, a strong arm. Now it's about what will they give up for that. I think when you have a chance, as the Mets think they do, to win a World Series, you're going to have to shore up that bullpen, and you want to shorten the game especially even through the regular season. You do not want to rely on Scherzer and Verlander pitching a lot of deep games and complete, you know, complete games are almost a thing of the past, but you don't want them heavily having to go eight, nine innings because you can't trust them ever in the sixth or the seventh to turning over to the bullpen. You need that. So how do the Mets shorten that game? Do they add a, another elite reliever, even if it's somebody that's solid that can pitch the seventh and you're keeping Robertson as a closer? Do you get somebody who's got closer-like stuff that you can have them pitch the ninth or Robertson pitch the eighth and Adovino the seventh? I think look at that. I think the end of the bullpen I trust. I actually do trust Adovino and Robertson. Robertson's still older. This age we're talking about again, you worry about him getting taxed. This is where you miss a guy like Diaz. Look, lo- losing Diaz hurts. Okay, it, it, it hurts a ton. And 
I'm sorry for you guys out there to think the World Baseball Classic is meaningless. It is not. He was out here playing with pride for his country, and it's a tough situation that happened. Um, and we wish he has the best and would like to see him get back. But is it going to have an impact on the Mets? Undoubtedly. Do I think if you're a Mets fan, you'd like to see them shore up the bullpen with another arm? Yes, I think that should be one of their priorities. We'll see how it goes, but I think it should be one of their priorities heading to the deadline. What has to happen, though, Anthony, and you never know this early in the season. You mentioned some of the guys in middle relief. Somebody's got to emerge, right? Like sometimes this happens in a season where somebody emerges. Who's the seventh inning guy? Is it Drew Smith? Does Drew Smith have a solid year? Maybe you're looking at it and saying, hey, Drew Smith to Adovino to Robertson is really strong here. We feel really good about this as an organization. Um, and even still with that, you always want to see how you can shorten the game. Can you get another arm? So I think it's potential. Somebody's going to have to emerge for those sixth and seventh innings, um, and we'll see who it is. But I think if somebody does not, I wouldn't be surprised if this team is aggressive even earlier before the deadline to add an arm to help this team in the bullpen. Once again, I'm here with Dexter Henry of SNY, New York Post Sports, WFAN, and CBS Sports Radio, man of all traits here. So let's uh, look at some you know, predictions here. Uh, okay. Alex Smith of SNY uh, wrote an article yeah. and had all the odds and all the predictions out there, and um, pretty much he had the Mets win total uh, landing at 92.5 to 93.5, and that's on most of the books Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the odd books I think that is like that is like perfectly for the Mets I had them between 92 to 95 wins I don't think that they're going to recapture 101 wins possible that they get around 97 98 but 92 and a half to 93 and a half I, I think that's perfect to me I I like that number two in that range is kind of where I've been penciled in and I think a lot of that too is the fact that the division's going to be tougher. And this, I think a lot of these betting odds, right, they're looking at the fact that they expect the division to be to be tougher. Um, look, it, it, I could see it, you know, if I had to, if you put a number, you asked me to predict an exact number, I'm probably going with about 93 wins, right? So it's right there between that 92 to 95 range. The, the key is, do you believe that's enough to win the division, right? Like that's kind of the question there, Anthony. And I would say, it could be because I do I, I do think I think Philly might take a step back, but Atlanta, I think, is the main competition. And those Mets between those, excuse me, those games between the Mets and the Braves, like we saw last year, they're going to be dogfights. And it might come down again to the final series of the year. We might see that you know, Mets fans, the final series of the year has not worked out so well for Metropolitan fans sometimes. Um, but I think I think that number is a fair number. I think the Mets could do it. If the Mets exceed that number, if they exceed that range, I should even say, right, of 92 to 95 wins, I think a lot of it will be because the offense is better than we expected, which would be a good thing for Mets fans. And I think also the pitching and bullpen might, particularly not the starting pitch, more so the bullpen might be slightly better than ex- expected. Um, I think if they had a healthy Diaz, I might tack on another couple wins and I might be talking about them in a 95 to 97 win range. But I do think. If they're if they feed the number that I said, which is 93, I do think they will win the division. But I do think that number, then the range we're talking about, excuse me, 92 to 95, this should be enough to get the Mets a wild card spot at the least. Um, and I think if the Mets get in the series and their top two pitchers are healthy, 
then they actually have as good a shot as anybody um, to to win a series. And I think that's what it's about getting in. I know Mets fans would like to see them win the division. I think they can win the division. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how focused this team is on winning division. Because looking at what happened last year and having the big lead and, you know, losing it slowly and tying in record-wise with the Braves but losing out in the tiebreaker, how much is that a motivation for them to get that division title and not have to play um, in the wild card round? I wonder how much that is a motivation for this year, but then how hard do you go for that when you have two older pitchers at the top of your rotation? It's really interesting. I like that number, but I think we'll know. It's not even really about how the, the Mets want to, you obviously want to get off to a good start, Anthony, but I think for a lot of Mets fans, they would trade a great start for a strong finish, right? They would Absolutely. want to see a stronger finish and knock off the Braves and any other contenders when it counts in September and win the division. I think that's what they like to see. So I think for the Mets, a lot about it this year is how do you finish? Um, you want to get off to a good start, but how do you finish and how do you close out September? Because unfortunately, as I mentioned for Mets fans, not to bring up too many things from the past, September hasn't always been so great. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans would like it to be like 2006 where they ran away with the division. But, uh, you know, it's really about how they finish. Do they have the veteran players to do it and close? And there were the core last year that remembers how it went. Yes, they do. And I just wonder how much that fuels them. The Mets are a dangerous team. Anthony, because they could be on a mission for all the reasons that I mentioned, the bad taste of last year, how it ended, maybe understanding that this is a mostly veteran group that's thinking we have a chance to accomplish something. I think how they respond is going to be very interesting this year. Could they win it all? Yeah, sure. They can. They have the talent to do and they can make additions to this team that's even better than what we're talking about a day before opening day. But we'll see. It's really about how they respond to the adversity. And look, they got the they've got a good manager. They've got good core pieces. We're talking about some of the young prospects that could be on the way. The Mets are in a good position, but a lot of it is about how they're going to finish and close the season. And also, baseball has changed so much. We have more wild card teams, more playoff yep. series. I mean, we saw it last year. We saw the Dodgers and the Braves, both division champions, got knocked out, what, in four games each by the wild card team. So it's really, yep. like you said, when you get hot and when you're supposed to get hot is right around that September, you know, October range after making sure you get a post a postseason berth, you gotta make sure you get hot at the right time during the postseason. And that's going to get you to the world series. And hopefully that does happen with the Mets before we wrap up. Uh, yeah. Let's hear your predictions on the NLEs as of, what the opening day rosters are right now, because obviously things can change injuries, trades at the date at the deadline, things can change. But as of right now, who do you have uh, winning the NL East? I'm going to go with the Mets. I'm going to go with the Mets. I'm going to say the Mets figure it out this year. They find a way, but I do not think it's going to be easy. I want to be very clear about this. Um, you got to respect the Braves. You got to respect their young pitching. Um, they, they have some good young talent. Um, that they've brought up, Michael Harris, other guys that you just got to respect what they're doing. I think it's going to be a dogfight between the Mets and the Braves. I think they're the class of the division. I still think, like I said, the Phillies are a step below. Um, don't sleep on the Marlins. Mets fans, I don't have to tell you to sleep on the Marlins because the Marlins always play the Mets tough and find a way to play the Mets tough, as Mets fans know. Um, so I, I wouldn't sleep on them. I don't think the Nationals are a factor but you know, in, in, in this race. But I think the Mets are going to win this division. Um I don't think it'll, I think it's going to really come down to September 
I know that's not nice. It's not what Mets fans want to hear. I think they're going to sweat. I do think it's down. I'm going to give the Mets the edge. They squeak out this division, um, and they get it. They get a division title, something they haven't had in a long time. But I'm going to give it to the Mets to win the NL East. I'm going with them. It's been so hard for me. That's why I said, you know, right now with the rosters as are, I, I went, I went with the Braves. I still think that I can't kill you, I, Anthony. I can't kill you for that. I know your your listeners and viewers are probably not going to love that. And I flipped on it before when you asked me the question. I I was going to say the Braves too, but like, you know what? I I don't know. I just think the Mets are going to be on somewhat of a mission um, to erase the bad taste of last year. And I think I think there's something about this group. They'll get it done. Yeah. Yeah, those are definitely my hopes. And you obviously you see all the Mets gear and everything. It's like, why is he choosing the Braves? But, you know, right. what we saw last year, obviously with Edwin Diaz out, the Braves, even though Rossell Glacius is out, if he does come back, you know, they do have a legitimate closer there. They got young pitching staff. Uh, they got a good lineup if, if they stay healthy. There's a lot of, for the Mets, for me, there's too many ifs. And what if, what if this guy stays healthy? Well, you know, if Marte stays healthy, if the pitching staff doesn't get injured, there's so many what ifs at this moment and not enough certainty for this roster that it's hard for me to get on board just yet. I do think they're a playoff team. Absolutely think they're a playoff team. But, you know, they're going to, Maybe, you know, it also helps that they don't have to play the Braves, the Marlins, you know, the, the you know, the Phillies the whole time. You know, they, right. they played them, what, 19 times a season, uh, 19 times a year during the season. And now everything's different where they'll, they'll play everyone. They'll play the A's a couple of times. They'll play, you know, Kansas City. So maybe this will help them out and, and maybe things will be different. Maybe the rules will help them uh, come start of the opening uh, season. But it's just so hard for me to get a hundred percent on board, especially after the way it ended last year with the one game and tying the record. I, I know they're going to have a lot of motivation going forward and they have the best manager to do it with Buck Showalter. But for right now, I'm going to stick with the Braves winning the division. And I, I don't see the Phillies too far behind because once Bryce Harper gets back to being healthy, that's the key uh, for them. That, that That's going to be key. I think they have, my choice in the MVP, which is Trey Turner, after seeing what he did in the World Baseball Classic, him moving to hitters-friendly uh, Citizens Bank Park, uh, he's going to have a career year. Outside of him, I, I probably have maybe Francisco Lindor kind of second in in, in winning an MVP for me. I, I think he's he's it, it's coming soon and within the next couple of years for him. But I, I do have the Braves winning with the Mets and the Phillies also getting back to the postseason. Dexter, thanks so much for being a part of this podcast, especially on this 100th episode, a special one for me. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Let everyone know what you have going on and where they can find your work and social media as well. Yeah, everybody, you can find me and follow me on all social media platforms at DHenryTV. You can catch me on the New York Post and SNY YouTube channels um, there every weekend and one day during the week hosting. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up, a lot of good interviews, a lot of Met stuff. Just did a preview today with Jake Brown. Um, it's going to be a lot of baseball talk over the next couple of months. As you know, we forgot how long baseball season is. Anthony, we got to get you on at some point to talk some uh Mets baseball honored to be on the hundredth episode. Look, anytime somebody does a hundred episodes of anything, any kind of content creation, that's a lot of dedication. That's a lot of work. 
Um, and salute to you. You have a great podcast. You know, we follow each other. We've connected for, for a while. So uh, I love what you do with the Mets content. Um, I grew up a Mets fan. So, you know, let's go Mets. Hopefully they can uh, do some things this year with the blue and orange out in Flushing. And uh, hopefully, hopefully get to a couple more games this year than I did last year. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this Mets season. That'll start tomorrow. And uh, it, uh, it, I don't think it's a good one for the Mets fans. I understand, Anthony. I want to let people know. I understand why Anthony's got some trepidation and he might want to pick the Braves because I do think he's right. There are more question marks with the Mets than there are with the Braves. And I do think that's a logical pick. Um, and that doesn't mean Anthony doesn't want to see the Mets win because we know he does. Look at his background. <laughs> we know that he does. So, um, yeah, Anthony, keep doing your thing. I love what you're doing, man. And, and thanks for having me on. I hope to come back on again at some point during the season. Absolutely, absolutely. Dexter Henry, sports anchor for the New York Post Sports and SNY, update anchor for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio, and host of the NBA Exchange and Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter, you have a great one, my friend. Thank you. You too, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And that will wrap it up for this podcast. You can follow Subway to Shea on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the Subway to Shea podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Turn on your notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. You can rate the show and leave comments for me to review. I'll talk about them on air. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week. Don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the fan-sided network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog and the Fan Sided Network at Fan Sided. If you enjoyed watching this on YouTube, please leave a like and leave me comments. I want to hear from you. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can get all the notifications and updates from this channel. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. For Anthony Rivera, this is the Subway to Shea podcast. 